This evening we are looking at fulfilling our mission in difficult situations. And our case scripture today is going to come from Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 to 3. And I'll read from the Message Bible. So I'll make you a great nation and bless you. I'll make you famous. You'll be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you. Those who curse you. All the families of the earth will be blessed through you. God told Abraham, Leave your country, your family, and your father's home for a land that I will show you. This is God's promise. To Abraham and for us as God's people we are partakers of this promise and therefore we are here this evening to claim our part of the blessing and I hope you are ready to be blessed by God God is ready to bless you if you are ready to be blessed Because God loves his people, he gave such a great promise. He says, I'll make you a great nation and bless you. God told Abraham, leave your country, your family, and your father's home for a land that I will show you. What a blessing. A land that I will show you. My prayer this evening that God will show you a great land, a land that belongs to you, a land where you can experience God's goodness and God's greatness, and that your life will never be the same. Now, the Bible is an amazing record of God's promises. This Bible that we have is an amazing record of God's promises. And we can study it to descend our God-given mission on earth. When we study God's word, we will know what our promises are. We will know what God has said concerning us. And we can claim it for ourselves. However, sometimes we feel like God is not helping us fulfill our mission. Just like the way Abraham received such a wonderful word from God. But it looked as if at the point in time God wasn't helping Abraham to fulfill this mission. And there are two possible reasons why we can have such feelings. Number one, our mission and request may sometimes not be in accordance to his will. When we start feeling as if God 
is not with us. When we start feeling as if God has left us or God has abandoned us, what it means is that what we may be doing may not be in accordance to what the Lord has for us. And if you find yourself doing something that God has not asked you to do, definitely, you start having difficulties. And the second thing is, they may not have a true foundation. There are things we do that have no biblical foundation. They may sound good, they may sound nice, but they have no biblical foundation. But anything that the Lord asks his children to do, let us know that it comes with a blessing and God will see us through it and we shall fulfill it. In other words, we can only expect God to give us something if we are asking according to his promises in scripture. Life will be easy if our lives are based on God's promises in scripture. The story of Abraham is a wonderful example of how God fulfills his promises. If you want to know how God fulfills his promises, just study the story of Abraham. Now by examining this, we can learn the value of waiting on God and observe the negative consequences that come with jumping ahead of God. When we jump ahead of God, it comes with consequences. We will learn all this. Though there are some times that the details and circumstances of our lives may differ from that of Abraham. The principles and lessons still apply. They are still the same. So today we are going to look at some of the principles that guided Abraham, some of the pitfalls, and that we can learn from those. Number one, the promises of God are always stated clearly. Please write it down. The promises of God are always stated clearly. You can find that in Joshua chapter 1, verse 6 and verse 9. For the sake of time, I will not open to all those scriptures. But I will ask you to make time and study Joshua chapter 1, verse 6 and verse 9. Maybe read the whole chapter and your life will never be the same. In order to accomplish God's purposes in and through us, the Lord has given us very clear promises in scripture that cover every aspect of our life's mission. In order to accomplish his purposes, God has given us very clear promises there are no ambiguities. There are no confusions in the promises of God for his children. 
and when we cling to them they anchor us through adversity when you cling to god's promises when you cling to the word of god it anchors you it builds you it fortifies you through life and your life never will be the same number two god's promises come with clear guidance i said number one god's promises are always stated clearly number two god's promises come with clear guidance there is no promise that god will give you and no and not guide you through it psalm 32 verse 8 he says look i will instruct you then i'll teach you most times the lessons come after the instruction and that's why there are times that god will ask you to do things of which you don't understand and your duty is simply obey him simply do as the lord asks you to do and then in course of doing then you start learning the less the reasons why he gave you that instruction he may ask you to leave your father's house and go to a land that he will later show you doesn't make sense but when you obey him you find out later that god is wiser than any man bible says in proverbs chapter 3 verse 5 to 6 we should lean on our own understanding but in all our ways we should acknowledge him so ladies and gentlemen brothers and sisters wherever you are listening to me today i want you to know that god's promises they always come with clear guidance even when you don't understand god learn to obey him and don't lean on your own understanding the lord doesn't want us to walk in the dark that's why he's promised to instruct and guide us the lord knows all the details and leads us the way that we must go he leads us the right way just as he led abraham through the land of canaan when he studied Genesis chapter 12 and the verse 6, you see that God guided Abraham through Canaan unto where he, the Lord, had promised him to be. I don't know where you are navigating today. I don't know where you are right now. But what God wants you to know is that he has a plan for you. And that plan will come to pass. God's plan for you will come to pass he will guide you somebody's going how do i know that god is guiding me you must learn to spend quality time with god spend quality time with god in prayer learn to read your word and as you do these things guidance will come through his word number three we should seek the lord's guidance in times of personal worship and meditation on his word in times of <coughs> personal worship and meditation on his word personal worship meditation 
must be part and parcel of our lives. Many times we are too busy. Especially in this age, we are too busy. Some of us, when we first accepted Jesus Christ, when we were growing up, we didn't used to have a lot of distractions that we have today. So I would say, maybe it was much easier in those days to close your door, to shut your door, to go into your closet. Today, you don't often hear people say, go into your closet. Because there seems not to be any secret place where we can seek the Lord. However, beloved, in the midst of difficult situations, in the midst of your trials, in the midst of your temptations, come out from among men, get a secluded place, and seek the Lord. God Almighty will guide you in those personal worship and meditation in his word as you do that. You see, after Abraham received an affirmation of the Lord's covenant, he responded by building altars. You can find that in Genesis chapter 12. He built altars. And over the times, he returned to those altars to worship and to remember the promises of God. And I've always said that in life, learn to dwell in tents and rather build altars why altars signify worship and worship signify permanence so worship will remain permanent in our lives our mansions our vehicles all that we have they will not last they are in transit transit with us they will pass away very soon but everything else is there to, 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 to stay worship is there to stay your house is temporary you call it landed property but before God it is not permanent but your worship is permanent we worship here on earth and we shall continue worshiping in heaven and that's why you must learn to to raise an altar when we say family altar we don't mean a graven image we don't mean something physical but what we mean is a place where the family will meet and seek the lord a place where you spend quality time with god that place become your altar may you learn to build an altar in your life may you learn to seek god at all times and guess what the places that Abraham built altars, he later returned to those places. Can you imagine when Jacob was running away from his brother Esau? Bible says he got to a place and he was so sleepy and he did not have any pillow. So he took stones and laid on it. And whilst he laid on those stones, the heavens opened and he saw angels descending and ascending. When he got up, he realized that the Lord was there and he built an altar at that place. Many years later, after he had gone to labor to marry his wife, on his way back, that was the same place he lodged. That was the same place he sojourned. 
being afraid that his brother Esau was going to kill him. That was the same place that he he recounted Genesis chapter 32, the verse 9 and 10, when he said, Oh, my father, I'm not worthy of all these promises, of all these blessings. With my staff, I crossed this Jordan, but now I've become a company. Look at what God has done for him. The same place where he built an altar, he returned there. It's my prayer that every altar you build will remain permanent in your life and that you shall return one day to the same altar. I can give you several examples. You remember when the Shunammite woman built an upper room for Elisha the prophet. Okay, that room became like an altar. The place where Elisha sought the face of the Lord. Later on, when the son died, it was on that same altar that this Shunammite woman went to lay a dead son. It was on that same altar where the dead son rose back to life. May you lift altars in your life and may your altars remain permanent. May your altars become great. From today, May you lay importance on God, his word, on worshipping God, on praising God, more than the car you drive, more than the car, the house you live in, more than any property that you have or any investment that you have. May your trust be in God, but not in anything. Today, you will now have the privilege of seeking the Lord and his direction. By praying and studying the Bible. By so doing, we shall be building altars. Number four. Changing our mission and course from God's path indicates without his promises. You see, the fact that things are difficult in life doesn't mean that we should change from what God has asked us to do. Don't change because there are difficulties. You meant to marry a particular but in course of time there are difficulties don't let those difficulties suggest to you that the first instruction was not from god there's nowhere in the scripture that we are promised that because the lord instructed you you will not encounter any difficulty one thing that encourages me in scripture is the fact that concerning abraham his promises did not come from a prophet they did not come from a pastor. They did not come from any human. They came from God himself. In fact, we can't call it prophecy because this was direct interaction between God and Abraham. I will bless you and I'll make you famous and I'll make you the father of many nations. But guess what? 24 years after that prophecy has not yet been fulfilled. Okay? Abraham was about 74 years when God appeared to him and asked him to leave. But by 99 years, that promise had not yet been fulfilled. But it doesn't mean that God was lying. All that it meant was that God does things beautiful in his time. It's my prayer today that you will not change course. You will not change your life mission just because there are 
difficulties. Don't let difficulties stop you from doing that with God has asked you to do in life. Abraham really got discouraged when in time. Abraham did not have the benefit you and I have to learn from his mistakes. I believe if there was somebody that Abraham would have learned from, he wouldn't have made some of the mistakes he made. When he encountered famine, he doubted God and decided to go to Egypt. Okay? The journey he made to Egypt, God did not send him there. He went there because he was hungry. Read Genesis chapter 12, verse 9 and 11, and you will discover this truth. And he further complicated matters by lying, telling Sarah to claim she was his sister. I know people always say, indeed, they were brother and sister. Yes, they were, but they are not. They were brothers and sisters, but the woman they married, they became husband and wife. But at that moment, Abraham claimed that which was suitable to him at that moment. And that is all because he went to Egypt at a time he wasn't supposed to have gone to Egypt. We should always remember the Lord is the source for direction rather than our circumstances. Don't let your circumstances direct you. Let God be the one to direct you. May God be the one to lead you where you must go from here. Number five. The Lord renews his promises because he wants us to follow him. You see, in point four, Abraham had changed course. But at point five, the God of mercy, the God of all compassion, the God of all righteousness has now visited him again in Genesis chapter 15 verse 1 to 7 and to reenact the promise of Genesis chapter 12. To come and assure him that Abraham, the word I spoke to you will come to pass. What I told you, and guess what? Chapter 15 was coming after the lies of Abraham. Sometimes we think that after your first mistake or after your last sin, will God ever visit you again? But we see in the case of Abraham, after he disobeyed God, after he went his own way in, in, in chapter 12 verse whatever now god visits him in 15 and says you know what in spite of all that has gone on i am here to reenact the promise tonight i pray that god will re reenact the promises that concerns your life whatever god has said concerning you will come to pass and that nothing nothing will go unaccomplished he felt so because he was childless when he finally decided a servant named Eliezer would be his heir, the Lord appeared and reassured Abraham. You see, God told him, you'll be the father of many nations. And God had blessed him with everything in this world. He had over 300 servants in his house. But he did not have any child of his own. So he, God's word had failed. But God reassured him. I pray, whoever you are hearing me, Wherever you are on this planet, on this continent, I pray that you receive reassurance from God and to know that his word for you is true and amen and it shall surely, surely come to pass. God's word for you shall surely come 
to pass. And like Abraham, when unexpected difficulties occur in our lives, we may wonder if we are in the right path. But what is unexpected to us is never unexpected unto the Lord. And that is why the Lord will always encourage us. Our next point, six, listening to ungodly or unwise counsel can cause us to ignore God's mission and veer from his will. So in Genesis 16 verse 4, we see that Sarah is advising the husband wrongly. Okay? And as the time passed, Sarah became so impatient. She decided to take matters into her own hands and gave her servant Hagar to Abraham to produce a child. I have always wondered, why didn't Abraham reject the offer the wife made concerning Hagar? So, if there is any man there who can answer that for me, I'll be very, very happy. The wife tells you, take your maid and you will never say no. Hello, man. Why wouldn't you say no to such an offer? Why wouldn't you tell Sarah that Sarah, you are enough for me? And I know that whatever God has said will come to pass. That's why wives, be careful what advice you offer your husbands. Because in this case, Abraham obeyed the wife and problems came. We saw that also in, in, the, in the Garden of Eden. When Adam also obeyed the wife and problems came. And that's why you see, let leadership always be established at the home it doesn't matter how a wife knows it doesn't matter what you do always remember there's a certain authority that god himself has said that is not because Anne is the best no that is all because god wants order he could have said let the woman be the head of the house and if he has said so nobody should question god but if he did not say so and says the man should be the head of the home wives learn to follow your husband and that's why if you're a man also, learn to take the lead. Because if you take the lead, then there's no way that your wife will try to take the lead. Most wives try to take the lead when the man is not leading. Okay? And, and in every institution, in every home, there must be a leader. There must be a leader. But in this case, as we are studying, Abraham obeyed the wife. And that brought consequences. Alright? Abraham listened to her advice and trouble soon followed likewise when we ignore what god has promised we will suffer the consequences i pray that it doesn't matter how tough how difficult it is we will never ignore the words of god and we will not sidetrack and go for something that we think is more helpful than his word the next one number seven may be the fulfillment of the lost promises and missions may seem impossible from our perspective you see anything that god asks you to do from your perspective it may look not possible if you are in a church and god asks your pastor to venture into a certain project and you sit back and you think it is too difficult and too hard and it seems um, unaccomplishable remember that vision that dream it's not coming from a man, but it's coming from God himself. I have said time and time again, 
there is no way God will ask you to do anything that you have the power to do on your own. Anything he asks you to do will always be bigger and stronger than you. To always be bigger, always be stronger than you. You understand what I'm saying here? So what it means is that let us learn to follow God even though most of the things he may ask us to do may seem so difficult. He says here that and I will bless her and also give you a son. Then I will bless her and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of peoples shall be from her. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? And shall Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? And Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. Then God said, No, Sarah your wife shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his descendants after him. Genesis chapter 17. That was where God reenacted the covenant. God said, as for me, my covenant is with me and you shall be a father of many nations. And there, and there, circumcision took place. Circumcision took place. And there, the name was changed from Abraham to Abraham. This evening, may you receive a change of name. May you receive a change of perspective. May you know that whatever God has said concerning you will come to pass. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how it looks. But when God says yes, no one can say no. If it seems so difficult in your perspective, it doesn't mean it's not from God. All that it means is that believe more in God, trust more in God, wait more on and see the salvation that will come from the Lord. When God told Abraham that Sarah would bear a son when she was 90, it seemed so impossible and she laughed. Many of you don't know. It was Abraham who laughed first and Sarah also laughed because they did not believe. And I know there are things God is saying to you that will happen in your life. But right now, you seem not to believe. But it shall come to pass. Yes, because that is precisely what happened. Remember, we should never underestimate the Lord. We should never underestimate the Lord. We should never underestimate the Lord. No way, no time in your life should you underestimate the Lord. Never ever underestimate what God can do in your life. It may seem impossible in the human perspective, but it doesn't mean that it will not come to pass. If we remain obedient when He challenges us with something that seems impossible, He will keep His word and pour out amazing blessings. May God pour an amazing blessing on you, my listener, wherever you are. The next point I want us to see here is the fulfillment of God's promises and his missions 
may require us to do something that appears contradictory. In Genesis 22, verse 1 to 5, we see that the same Isaac that they struggled to get, now Isaac is born. And God is asking Abraham to bring Isaac as a sacrifice. And that may look so contradictory. Although the Lord had clearly said the world will be blessed through Isaac, he tested Abraham's faith by telling him to sacrifice his promised son. Abraham obeyed and the Lord intervened and provided a ram instead. Whenever God tests us, we should follow Abraham's example and live by faith and obedience, not by emotions and human reasoning. God may ask you to do something. Don't live by your reasoning. Don't live by emotions. Oh yes, God has emotions, I know. God has emotions. But God, when it comes to his commandment, when it comes to to, to the, his word, when it comes to his promises, he doesn't relate to us on the basis of our emotions, but rather in obedience. And as we step forward to obey, the Lord will always, and I mean the Lord will always make a way far beyond what we can ever expect. The next point is here. The fulfillment of the Lord's promises and missions for our lives may require the surrender of something very dear to us. Oh yes, like the previous point that I gave you, now God is requiring something bigger and sacrifice is required here. I have always said that the greatest religion that we have earth is the religion that is ready to sacrifice. And I don't know of any religion okay, on earth that sacrifices more than the Christian religion. Because the founder of Christian faith, the founder of the Christian faith, he did it with his life. He did it with his blood. Okay? Jesus died excruciating death on the cross of Calvary. And that is what gave us access to God. He shed his blood. He shed his blood. And if you want to see the potency of any religion, it is based on how much blood we are ready to share. And here, we see that Isaac, who was Abraham's beloved child, huh, was about to be surrendered to God. Abraham was willing to surrender him to God. My question to you today is that, are you ready and willing to give your Isaac to God? And I don't know what your Isaac is. I don't know what you cherish most in life. I don't know what is dearest to you in life. But whatever it is, there may be a time God will ask you to give your best to him. What is sacrifice? Sacrifice is giving the best we have to the one we love most. Sacrifice is giving the best I have to the one I love most. So if you love God most than anything else, then you'll be willing to give God the best when he asks you for it. Yes, and it is not always that God will ask you to bring a sacrifice. There are times that in your own life, 
you rise up and take a sacrifice you know you know we see god asking abraham here to bring a sacrifice but let me tell you this there were times in the life of abraham nobody asking for example the establishment of tithe god did not command abraham to give tithe it was abraham who decided to give tithe to Melchizedek, who was a type of christ because he had no beginning and he had no end so when people begin to to associate tithing to the law tithing to the old testament tell them it is untrue okay tithing did not begin with moses tithing did not begin in the uh, in the in the in the old testament in fact tithing began before the establishment of the old testament it began long ago even with abraham all right and abraham decided to part with something to god and guess what it has become a blessing up to today at some point he may bring us to a pivotal moment when his purpose rests on a single decision there will be a time in your life god will bring you to a pivotal moment when his purpose rests on your single decision to surrender your single decision to obey your single decision to give him the best you have even if the choice is costly we may do what god asks and let go of anything we value more than him if there be anything that you value more than god hear me well god is asking you to surrender it today it says in revelation chapter 12 verse verse 11 they defeated him through the blood of the lamb and the bold word of their witness they weren't in love with themselves they were willing to die for christ bible said they loved not their life even unto the death and were ready to give their lives out the apostles who walked with jesus christ were so willing to put their lives on the line and almost all of them they died they died being crucified that is sacrifice today when this gospel is being preached in all the corners of the world we think it came on a silver platter it came through the blood that many were willing to share this gospel got to africa because europeans were ready to come and die in africa and many of them died through malaria bite when you go to mampon when you go to every when you go to the to the to the to the mountains in in, in accra ghana you are going to realize the tomb the graves of many missionaries who sacrificed who had no regard for their life they brought the gospel to us and today what excuse do we have not to take the gospel forward god is not asking us today to share our blood all he's asking is our commitment so we can also lay a certain foundation continue with the foundation that has been laid others to also benefit my brothers and my sisters Ladies and gentlemen, wherever you are hearing me this moment, I want to tell you that God wants us all to surrender so that he can use us. In conclusion, the story of Abraham shows how the Lord keeps his promises as we journey through our life's mission. Although he may not always do so according to our expectations, he will do his part by showing us the way but we must choose to follow his path 
and let his word guide us. There are no better people on earth today that represents the Abraham story than you and I. You and I, God has called us to be famous. Not famous to the world standard, not famous for our own sake, famous because we carry the banner of the Lord. Famous because we carry the gospel. Famous because we hold the flag of heaven. Bible says, wise man, don't boast because of your wisdom. But anyone that to boast, boast because you know and you understand God. If we know God, if we understand the ways of God, and also understand the acts of God, then definitely we can lift up his flag, his banner, and show it to the world. As we obey God to carry out the assignment that God has given us, we shall testify by saying, Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born. And Sarah said, God has blessed me with laughter, and all who get the news will laugh with me. She also said, whoever would have suggested to Abraham that Sarah would one day nurse a baby, yet here I am. I've given the old man a son. I love this. Here I am. Sarah says, here I am. Who would have imagined? Who would have thought that Sarah also, at 90 plus, I was barren. When I was young, I could not do it. But now that I am old, and my husband's body was as good as dead, meaning that at the time that my womb was shut, and my husband is suffering impotence. Who would have imagined it? But the power of God will bring it to pass. Today I pray for you. Wherever you are. That whatever stands between you. And the promises of God. God Almighty. Will break that limitation. God will break that limitation. And bring you closer. And bring you the place. Of fulfillment of his promises on earth. I pray your life mission, your life mission will be accomplished. Your life mission will be fulfilled. Whatever God said concerning you will come to us. May God's blessings abound over you. May you never be the same. We are the happiest people on earth. Hence, the need for us to bring others into God's saving knowledge. Even if it means a little more sacrifice. I want you to know this evening, the only reason why you are listening to me today is because God classifies you as one of the happiest people on earth. That's how God sees you. And because he sees you as one of the happiest people on earth, choose to bring others into relationship with this God. Don't keep God to yourself. Don't monopolize God. Be able to decentralize who God is and let others also come into this saving knowledge. Beloved, may your life never be the same and may God meet you at the point of your need. May God put laughter in your mouth. May God put laughter in your mouth that you can sing, that you can glorify Him, that it shall be well with your soul. I am Evangelist Elvis Eben Bafo, a servant of the Most High God, ready to serve God with you wherever 
you are. Please link up with us on our Facebook page, The Evangelist Elvis Channel. The Evangelist Elvis Channel. And wherever you are, as God will lead you, be ready and be prepared to share in the joy of ministry and the burdens of ministry with us. As we all together make the Lord known to the world. May God bless you. May God establish you. God richly bless you. Bye-bye. You are mighty, exalted, and lifted up.